presents the Batman Universe Podcast, your source for all the latest Batman news related to movies, television, merchandise, and video games. Thanks for making the Batman Universe your ultimate source for Batman news. Podcast episode number 41. I'm your host Dustin, and today we have with us. It's Apple. This is Nick. And we are bringing you the latest movie, TV, merchandise, video game, and general news from the past two weeks, as well as the spotlight character, which we will cover Lady Shiva. As some of you may have seen her in Superman, Batman, Public Enemies, and you may be wondering who she is and how she's important to the Batman universe. We will also have a small little feature discussing DC Entertainment and what it means to the Batman universe. Uh, we honestly, we probably should have discussed it in the last podcast, but we didn't, and we are now. So we can let you know what we think about DC Entertainment and what it holds for the future of the Batman universe. So without further ado, let's get into movie news. As you're listening to this, Superman Batman Public Enemies is already out on DVD and Blu-ray, but there are some things that were announced and released in the past two weeks that are all about Superman Batman Public Enemies. Movie news is surprisingly the section that we have the most news for, specifically because the movie is about to come out. So the first thing we have is on September 14th, Warner Brothers sent over some details about a contest that will be running about or running for Superman Batman Public Enemies. Um, essentially, you have to go onto Facebook and collect virtual collector cards, and you have the chance of winning a PlayStation 3, 40-inch HD TV movie on Blu-ray, the graphic novel, the the statues that are coming out from DC Direct for the movie. So there's a lot of different prizes. If you want to check that out, you can go onto the website, follow the link that's on there to take you straight to the contest on Facebook. It's an application, it's actually a fairly easy game, you just put in some codes and you get some exclusive clips, some wallpapers, stuff like that, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm waiting for my statues currently, so, um, but man, wasn't that cool to win a PS3 and TV? That man, that's freaking nice. Yeah, I, I could do with an HD TV. The fate of the world will once again rest on the shoulders of Krypton's last son. But this is one battle he will not fight alone. Alright, so the next thing of news we have is on September 15th, the Justice League Crisis on Two Earths cast was announced. And that includes Batman. Now, they released the details about the upcoming Justice League Crisis on Two Earths coming out next spring. Um, Basically, I'm going to read the little press release statement that they put out. It says, An original story from award-winning animations comics director Dwayne McDuffie rooted in DC Comics' popular canon of crisis stories. Bruce Timm is executive producer, Lauren Montgomery and Sam Liu are co-directors. In Justice League Crisis on Two Earths, a good Lex Luthor arrives from an alternate universe to recruit 
the Justice League to help save his Earth from the Crime Syndicate, a gang of villainous characters with virtually identical superpowers to the Justice League. What ensues is the ultimate battle of good versus evil in the war that threatens both planets and through a diabolical plan launched by Owlman, puts the balance of all existence in peril. All-Star voice cast led by Mark Hammond as Superman, James Woods as Owlman, Chris Noth as Lex Luthor, William Baldwin as Batman, Gina Torres as Superwoman, and Bruce Davison as the President. There's also a couple images released, um, none specifically of Batman, but Batman's counterpart, Owlman, there is a picture of. Yeah, uh, I, I like that. <laughs> I really do. Um, I think uh, William Baldwin is a very interesting choice for Batman. Personally, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's going to be pretty good. I've just got a feeling that his voice might fit. I think he's going to be a good choice. I agree. Um, One of the things we'll be doing very shortly is launching the page on the website for Justice League Crisis on Two Earths with the different clips and images that are released by Warner Brothers. There's actually already a clip online that will be on the website very shortly, which will be, in fact, the first look at Justice League Crisis on Two Earths. That'll actually also be on the DVD and Blu-ray for Superman, Batman, Public Enemy, so if you have those, you can check it out there, or you'll be able to check it out on the website when you're listening to this. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you think that when Mark... Mark Hamill and announced his retirement from doing the voice of Joker. Do you think they might be looking for a replacement also for for Batman? I don't know. I don't think so. I think Kevin Conroy is a little bit too synonymous with that, right? With yeah. the, with that with that role, right? There was an interview done. Um, I want to say it was back by back at Comic Con about with Kevin Conroy asking him if he was going to be returning anytime in the future for. Batman, any roles for Batman, and he said it's all up to Warner Brothers. He's never going to stop doing Batman as long as they keep asking. So, I mean, there's been plenty of projects where Kevin Conroy's been involved, but Mark Hamill hasn't been. So, I don't think they're trying to face him out. I think what they're doing is, especially with these role, these these projects where it involves a lot of the characters. It's really difficult to try to get all the original cast from the Justice League into, you know, a recording studio to record a film. So I think it's their way of, hey, if it's a project specifically about Batman, we're all about Kevin Conroy. Um, But if it's not Kevin, or if it's not specifically about Batman, then there's no reason to bring Kevin in because Kevin will just overpower all of the other actors who have no experience with the characters. Right. Yeah, I'd I'd agree. I think. I mean, they did this for the last Justice League film, didn't they? And um, I think the fans will want Kevin Conroy there as long as possible. I think Warner Brothers realise that, and I think they'll keep asking him. But you never know. It's just I, I would always like him there. He's he's the voice of Batman for me. But um, as I said, I think William Baldwin might do a good job. I'm certainly not against new people coming in. I just think Kevin Conroy has got that job and he knows how to do it. So why risk getting someone new? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me worry about that. All right, so also September 15th, MTV released a new clip for Superman, Batman, Public Enemy. So you can check out the clip, but you've already probably checked out the movie, so you probably don't need to see the clip. Moving along, September 21st, MTV posted a new video clip with Michael Caine. 
and he talks about Johnny Depp being in Batman 3. So we're going to play that clip right now. When we talked last year, you got into some trouble. I got you into some trouble when we were talking about Batman because we talked about we the Penguin. We talked about uh, Johnny Depp and all that, which, which was in the paper. It was, we, tr we trusted the papers. We trusted the newspapers. <laughs> and I got into so much trouble. And they said, Johnny Depp's not in it, whatever the other guy's name yeah, is. Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman, yeah. He's not in it, and, and there's no, no script, there's nothing. He said, why did you say that? I said, because the reporter I was talking to had the newspaper, and it said it in the newspaper, and I thought you'd announced it. So they said, shut up in the meantime. So there is nobody. There's no script. There's nothing. And it, it can't possibly be made before 2011, because Inception is such a big picture. Right. I mean, but do you, when you talk to Christopher, do you you must ask him at a certain point, so what's the game plan? You not tell me anything, because I, I said this before. Oh, see, I got you in trouble. You I got me in trouble. They, no one will tell me anything now. <laughs> he said, don't tell Michael, he'll tell everybody. So, but do you have a horse in this race? Do you, would you still? I mean, it's dream casting, but Johnny Depp would be undeniably great as the Riddler. Well, Johnny, Johnny Depp is great and everything, but I, I, I have no idea. There is no, I, I assure you, there is no Johnny Depp in Batman. <laughs> they told me in no uncertain terms. But okay, so but now you're making news by saying he's not in Batman. What if they end up casting him? See what you just did? Well, I'll be in trouble again. Yeah, for telling false information. <laughs> All right, so that was the clip. Um, so, all of the rumors that have been circulating around MTV about Michael Caine saying Johnny Depp's going to be in Batman 3, this is basically Michael Caine's way of clearing them all up and saying, Hey MTV, you've gotten me in trouble numerous times. I don't know anything, so stop asking me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? He's like, I hate this guy. <laughs> It's exactly what we expected. I mean, it, there hasn't been any developments. Chris Nolan's still doing Inception, and there's not going to be any progress till that's complete. Just get that into your heads, MTV. God. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so moving right along on September 23rd, we were sent over an interview that was done by Warner Brothers with Kevin Conroy about Superman Batman Public Enemies. Now, there's a bunch of questions to read the entire interview, head over to the site, but we're going to pick three of the questions and we're going to go over those answers. You have been doing this role for nearly 19 years. Are there still challenges to doing the voice of Batman? I guess the biggest challenge to doing any kind of animation voice is that you only have your voice to tell the story. And you want to keep it real and you don't want to get cartoony, especially now because the audiences are much more sophisticated. Anything over the top is going to read over the top. So it's a very fine line that people walk. For Batman, I think the biggest challenge is the timber of the voice that I established early on. I just kind of improvised and it stuck. It's very deep in my register, very throaty, and whenever it gets emotional, it's very difficult to sound to create with a lot of volume technically without blowing your chords out. So there's all kinds of tricks you learn along the way of how to produce sound and how to produce it without injuring yourself and how to juice it enough. It's delicate, fun balancing act. Recording Superman Batman Public Enemies was actually easy because of the cast that Andrea put together. Tim and Clancy, all of us, have worked together a lot over the years and there's a real shorthand when you're dealing with people who have done a lot of it and know what they're doing, which is a real pleasure. Andrea doesn't have to say very much for me to know what she wants. What can people expect to find different about Superman, Batman, Public Enemies than most crossover stories? 
There's definitely more humor in this because of the relationship they've created between Superman and Batman. It, it was really fun doing it with Tim because it almost became like a buddy cop kind of thing. There are not a lot of people that Batman can fool around with like that. That can take it and dish it back. So I really enjoyed the aspect of the script. So what does Kevin Conroy bring to Batman? I guess I'm basically most comfortable when I'm alone. As a kid, I was very much a loner. I love long-distance running and long-distance biking. A director once pointed out that those are all very isolated exercises you do for hours at a time. I think Batman taps into that quality of me, because my initial take on the character was that Batman wasn't the performance, Bruce Wayne was the performance. Batman is where he's most comfortable, the cave is where he's most comfortable, and he puts on that persona of incredible sophistication to be able to deal with the world just like I think everyone puts on a mask to deal with the world. Everyone has a private self and a public self. With him, it's taken to a real extreme, and I think I related to that aspect of him. I'm basically a pretty shy person. I think a lot of actors are. That's why they get into acting, because it's easier to be free emotionally when you're pretending to be someone else than to be free emotionally when you have to be yourself. And I think Bruce has the same problem. So like I said, there's lots of other questions that were asked and he answered so if you want to check all of those out make sure you head over the website and look for the headline Kevin Conroy talks SPP you tried to kill Aquaman why gee why would a hired gun try to shoot somebody could it be that someone paid me to who oh come on babe you know I can't tell you that professional ethics but then again <laughs> If you make it worth my while, I'll take it from here. You can't scare me, Batman. Let me give you one word of advice. Okay, I'll tell, I'll tell. What did he say? You don't want to know. So the only, the last thing we have is there were some new clips sent over... There was a new clip and a bunch of new images sent over from Warner Brothers as well. The clip features Silver Banshee and a bunch of the uh, cold villains, Mr. Freeze, Captain Fro or Captain Cold, K Killer Frost, a lot of characters, and then a bunch of a bunch of new images. So you can check those out. But again, you've probably already seen the movie, so you <laughs> probably won't need to. So moving along into TV news, surprisingly, we actually have a small bit of news about Batman Brave and the Bold. Now, we don't have any news as far as when the next season will be coming along, but we did get word that Henry Rollins will be voicing Robot Man. Um, this comes from Comics Continuum, and they posted a small blurb on their site saying, Henry Rollins is providing the voice of Robot Man in the next season of Batman the Brave and the Bold. The Continuum has learned. Robot Man will appear alongside the Doom Patrol in the Cartoon Network series. Rollins has worked with Warner Brothers Animation before, providing the voice of Johnny Rancid in Teen Titans and Mad Stan in Batman Beyond. In addition to his mus musical career, Rollins has numerous acting credits. He most recently has appeared in FX Sons of Anarchy. So, we already knew Robot Man was going to be in the series, but now we know who will be voicing him. 
Henry Rollins is very versatile. He's done a lot of things in his career. Yes, he definitely has. And I don't know if anybody out there remembers Mad Stan, but he was the guy who strapped bombs to him and threatened to blow up. Yeah. But I think he was probably more famous for his Henry Rollins band, right? Blow it all up! <laughs> Keep it down, Stan. We're in a library. You think this is a joke? Look around, Batman. Society's crumbling. And do you know why? Too many overdue books. Alright, so moving along into merchandise news, we only have a couple things to report. On September 17th, Mattel posted up some updated release dates for the figures coming out of the next three months. These would include the Dark Knight Movie Masters. Now, for whatever reason, at San Diego, they announced that there was going to be a Dark Knight Movie Masters figure released in September. Who knows what happened to that, because it's not happening. Um, But... They announced that October 15th, we will see the Dark Knight Movie Masters Bank Robbery Joker, and that will be $20. November 15th, we will see the Dark Knight Proto Suit Batman, and that will be $20. In December, we'll see actually a couple things. We'll see the Dark Knight Movie Masters Harvey Dent figure for $20, as well as the DC Super Friends Robin. Now, the DC Super Friends are figures that kind of model off of the Migos from way, way long ago. Many, many years ago. So make sure you're marking your calendars, and those items are going to be exclusively available on MaddieCollector.com. So make sure you're checking that out. Alright, so the next bit of news. On September 21st, there was a bunch of items announced for from DC Direct, and they include a bunch of new and... There's basically a lot of items that are coming out in May related to the Batman universe. Um, May 5th, we have four new figures, and the figures are actually two packs. Um, It's a new series called DC Origins, and there will be a Batman, Catwoman, Nightwing, and Joker figure, and they will have an older version of the character and a newer version of the character. And we had pictures that we took and posted on the site back at Comic-Con. We also have some pictures on, obviously, the upcoming releases. So you can check those out. But those those figures look pretty cool just because they are a two-pack and they are relatively inexpensive. Yeah, I'll be picking up some of those. Also on May 5th, we have Gotham City Stories Part 2, the Catwoman statue, and Batman Black and White statue. And it'll be a Batman by Frank Quietly. Nice. I know there's a lot of Frank Quietly fans out there, so that's going to probably be a big successful statue right there. Right, and what a lot of people don't know is that this Batman that Frank Quietly will be releasing is actually Dick Grayson's Batman. It's hard to believe he's gone. For all his triumphs, I fear that even in death he will find no peace. Nor will those who fought beside him. Still... We must move forward. And while others will come to accept that his crusade has come to an end, for Dick Grayson, it begins again. Alright, so May 12th, there will be a Poison Ivy 1-6 scale deluxe collector figure and villains of the DC Universe, the Joker bust. On May 19th, we have DC Dynamics Batman statue, and on May 26th, which will be bound to be postponed probably a month or so, just because that's the way it happens, the Hot Toys Dark Knight 1-6 scale Sonar Batman MMS DX collector figure. And of course, going to be broke again. God. Yeah. 
<laughs> a lot of top ramen noodle soup around here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the last bit of merchandise news we have on September 25th, Hot Toys posted up a video on YouTube showing the unique uh, eyes that are going to be in the new Joker figure also will be in the Batman figure as well where you can actually move the eyeballs to look in a specific direction. Um, you can check the video out on the website. We have it posted for you to check out. But it sure is very unique. It'll definitely be worthwhile if you plan on taking it out of the package and displaying it in a display case, and you can make sure that the Joker is specifically looking at whoever's looking inside the case. Yeah, like these uh, the Hot Toys figures. You know, they're mainly made for collectors and, and adults. I mean, it's like our versions of our toys. It's just that they're more expensive and highly detailed. But to add this effect of where you're able to move the Joker's eyes, of course, every 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 collector out there who takes it, of course, takes the, the figure out of their box, wants to put it in a certain pose, but you're always... Uh, restricted by the view of the head. The way the head was going is the only way that you could pose them. But now adding this, man, you can put the Joker in any pose you want and have him look a certain way while people are, are looking at it in the showcase that you displayed it in. And, I mean, that that's just a step up. For hardcore collectors, that's something that is like, oh my god, now every figure out there, they're going to be wanting to add that too. Can you move the eyes, you know? So, I'm pretty glad that Joker has that first, so. Those movable eyes are some of the creepiest things I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but it's, it's very cool for collectors, man. Yeah, yeah. You can't rely on anyone these days. You gotta do everything yourself. Don't we? That's okay. I came prepared. It's a funny world we live in. Speaking of which, you know how I got these scars? No. But I know how you got these. <laughs> Okay, guys, uh, that's going to take us into video game news. And on video game news, on Monday, September 14th, uh, Warner Brothers Interactive announced that we would be able to have downloadable content for Batman Arkham Asylum. And for this one, we're going to have one map free for Xbox 360, but PS3 was going to be able to get two free maps. And the map pack was called Insane Night Map Pack which is ready for you to download currently. If you have not downloaded it, please go ahead and hit it and download it. Uh, also, on uh, Tuesday, September 15th, for PC gamers, you were able to go ahead and now download Batman Arkham Asylum, which, you know, of course, PC owners were kind of like, hey, you know, what about us? Well, console gamers got theirs, so uh, they were just a little late on receiving theirs, but nevertheless, I'm pretty sure they enjoyed it. On Monday, September 21st, Warner Interactive sent us an email uh, showing us that 2.5 million copies of Batman Arkham Asylum have shipped. And they went ahead and released it. We have the press release on our website. Now, what does that mean to you? Uh, that means that I look forward to <laughs> Batman Arkham Asylum 2 or another Batman game because that is a lot of copies for a video game that's just in an initial release. And we're only talking about maybe about a month out so 2.5 million copies guys that is some serious serious numbers right there exactly i think it's awesome and i definitely think that this is going to prompt them into make a sequel yeah i don't think they'd be able to you know, ignore those numbers 
Yeah, I, I honestly think that come uh, next year's E3, uh, we'll probably hear something maybe relating to part two of this video game or uh, another another form of this franchise. So, man, that's that's really good. I'm glad it did it did really good. Now on uh, Wednesday, September 23rd. Uh, we Warner Interactive also sent us a uh, an announcement of about a new map pack available exclusively for PlayStation 3. Now, uh, they went ahead and released it. Now, the map pack on this one is going to be called The Prey in the Darkness. Now, people are trying to wonder, like, oh, why is Sony getting these exclusives? Well, turns out it was not the agreement that we had initially had reported here. What it was was that Sony went ahead and wrote a nice check to Rocksteady <laughs> to go ahead and get some of these exclusives. So for fans that are thinking that, hey, Joker might be coming to Xbox 360, uh, not unless Rocksteady gives them some money back or Idios gives them some money back. But uh, apparently Sony went ahead and paid for some exclusivities from this video game. So, hey, that's good kudos to them. If they want to go ahead and drop that money to go ahead and get those exclusives, more more power to them for doing that. Uh, for the map packs that we have, you can now count that it's one map pack to Xbox 360, two for PS3, and, you know, look forward to maybe some more downloads. As successful as it is, we're going to be having some more. Anything you throw at me, that's ready for the next round. Take the All right, so that's all the video game news. Let's move into general news. We only have one thing to report. On September 15th, we were sent over an announcement from Wizards stating that next year's Anaheim Comic Con will have Adam West, Burt Ward, and Julie Newmar making special appearances. The convention will actually take place in April of 2010. Um, the official dates are April 16th through the 18th, and it will in fact have all three of them making a rare appearance altogether. Now, some of you may know, some of you may not know, Burt Ward doesn't really do appearances all that often. Adam West was at San Diego, but that was a very rare occurrence as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when all three of them get together. We will definitely be trying to get someone out to Anaheim for that convention to cover their appearance. Yeah, um, man, I mean, uh, gosh, I mean, to see the fact that, you know, even these these uh, wonderful people are still around, um, I honestly, man, I'm, I'm going to try to make it out there to see this. So I definitely want to see them. Yeah, it's nice to see that those guys are out and about and saying hi to the fans and stuff because, as you were saying, it's not very often, that, especially Burt Ward, uh, it's not very often you see those guys at these sort of conventions anymore. So I hope they get a good reception. I'm sure they will. Joke's on you, Riddler. When's a donkey spelled with one letter? When it's you! A Trojan mammoth? Oh! Thought we were at the bank, huh? We sent the police there as a ruse. I had your clues wrong, but Batman solved them. The biggest head? The fabulous mammoth of Moldavia, with jewels on the outside and priceless postage stamps inside. Get them, boys. Get them, or it's curtains! (laughs) 
Alright, so that's all the news. Now, we've got one special announcement to make. Um, the BatmanUniverse.net has actually been nominated for an award. It's called a Project Fanboy Award. Um, we have the details on the website, but specifically, there's awards that are handed out to various websites out there. And some of you who listen to the podcast aren't necessarily super familiar with the website because you listen to the podcast and you don't actually go to the website. But we would love for you guys to go there, go out there and vote for the BatmanUniverse.net to win this award. Um, just showing your appreciation for the site and the podcast and all that we do. It'd be great if you guys could get out there and vote for us and maybe we could possibly win that award. We're up against some pretty stiff competition, so it'd be nice to come up on top, especially after the site's only been up for about a year. So thank you in advance for going out there and voting for us. Yeah, I mean, even to be nominated, I mean, wow, that that's pretty good for for by fans. That's that's really an honor. Yeah, so we'd, we'd really appreciate it if you could just help us out. It's very easy to do, just a couple of clicks and it'll be done. But And yeah, we really appreciate it, so do please take the time out to do that. Only take five minutes. I want information, and I'll get it any way I please. Alright, now we are going to introduce a new segment to the podcast, which is called Listener Question. Um, basically, the call-in show was so successful that instead of waiting until the next call-in show for listeners to ask their questions... I've decided that we are going to start a new segment where we take a question that a listener sends us in and we read it on the air and then whoever's on the podcast at the time, we answer it. So, if you have a question, be sure to email it, uh, email it to us at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net and we'll be sure to answer the question on the air. Now, this week's question is, is it wrong to fancy Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn from Batman Arkham Asylum? Those girls are hot. Even though they're computer-created images, I'd still hit, hit on them in a bar. What do you guys think? I don't see anything wrong with that. I, I, uh... <laughs> 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 I mean, we, we basically live in a cyber world right now, so... <laughs> But uh, I think the artist that uh, the design artist on Batman Arkham Asylum did a great, great job on those characters. So uh, by all means, if you ever see them, <laughs> you know, uh, send an email to podcast at the Batman. I, I think there's uh, no problem in fancying those girls. I mean, think about Jessica Rabbit. She's pretty attractive and she's a drawing. At least these guys are computer animated. Yeah. They're in 3D at least. But uh, yeah, I think that's perfectly fine. No problem. No problem there from me. I, I don't think it'll be an issue either as long as you don't become like a cyber stalker. But Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so that's the listener question. Make sure you email your questions into podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net That feels so much better. Now, let's dive into our spotlight character, which is going to take up a lot of time, but you're going to learn a lot of information. We are covering Lady Shiva. Lady Shiva is very important to Batman, and that's why the bio is so large. So let's get into Lady Shiva. The road to becoming the world's deadliest martial artist was a long and twisting one that began in Detroit. Sandra lived on Earth-1 until Caroline died under mysterious circumstances. A man named Kravab pointed Sandra in the direction of Richard Dragon, a martial artist teacher who was said to be a spy. Richard Dragon, Kung Fu Fighter, issue number 5, December 1975. 
To prepare herself to kill the man, she too studied martial arts and discovered her innate abilities, proving her a quick study. When she deemed herself ready, Sandra sought out Dragon, only to discover she had been duped. She felt rudderless, dissatisfied that Caroline was unavenged and her life had no purpose. Dragon saw great potential in her and offered to continue her education, which she greatly agreed to. In addition to her physical training, he began showing her the spiritual side of arts, teaching her Zen. After a time, she felt Sandra had ceased to be, and she renamed herself Shiva. For a time, Shiva continued to train while also going on adventures with Dragon and his partner, Ben Turner, the Bronze Tiger. Their partnership lasted only a brief time until Dragon chose to withdraw from society and go live in the mountains. Shiva was on her own. On the Earth created after the crisis on Infinite Earths, Sandra and Carolyn Wu-San were sisters who already knew martial arts and practiced together, working in a synchronized manner as befit siblings. Assassin David Kane observed the adolescent seeing something special in the way Sandra fought, but also noticing that she held back when fighting Carolyn. To help her tap her full potential and make her the woman he needed, Kane killed her older sister and let Sandra find the body. Sandra wanted revenge and determined that Kane was the murderer. She began a manhunt, which ended only when she was ambushed by Ra's al Ghul's League of Assassins. She began to fight for her life, seeing Kane among its members, but she was nearly killed. He offered to spare her if she agreed to not only complete her training with the League, but also bear him a child whom he would be free to raise as he saw fit. She agreed. The child, Cassandra Kane, was trained to serve as Ra's perfect bodyguard, only to ultimately grow up and become Batgirl. Batgirl number 73 from February 2006. At this point, Shiva began traveling as part of her training. This included a stop in Manchura, where the old sensei, the man who'd first trained Dragon and Turner, took her as a student and was named her godfather. She subsequently went to Vietnam to undergo rigorous training under a woman named only Mother. Birds of Prey issues 92 through 95, May and August through 2006. After Cain left with Cassandra, Sandra felt free to find her own destiny and become Shiva, named for the goddess of creation and destruction. She surpassed most fighters because she knew how to read opponents, understanding what they intended to do before they themselves realized it, giving her the crucial time to defend herself or counterattack. She used this advantage to become a highly paid mercenary, globetrotting from assignment to assignment. The money offered her the luxury to continue her training as she mastered one discipline after another. This also allowed her to seek out those whom she felt might be worthy opponents. At some undefined point, Shiva and Richard Dragon crossed paths and knew each other, earning each other's respect. The exact nature of the relationship remained unrecorded. One of the earliest assignments took her to the hub city at the behest of the Reverend Hatch to end an annoyance known as the Question. They fought and Shiva won easily, but she also saw great potential in him. After Hatch's men beat him further, leaving him for dead in the river, she retrieved his body. Shiva took him to Dragon's Mountain Retreat, where the two helped reinvent the Question. The Questions Issues number 1 through 2, February and March 1987. 
He repaid the favour when Shiva was asked to assemble a team of three warriors to help her find the bones of the O-sensei's wife so that he might die and rest beside her. Shiva chose the question, Green Arrow and Batman. When the question took her to meet the Dark Knight, the first thing they did was fight. Testing another was to them like breathing to anyone else. At the time, she also met and sparred with Black Canary, the beginning of an unusual relationship between the women, starting with both having studied under Sensei Otomo at different times. That was Detective Comics Annual 1, Green Arrow Annual 1, and The Question Annual 1 in 1988. Soon after, she returned to Hub City for a time, helping the question in his final days of battling rampant corruption until they gave up on the city for good. They parted ways, and Shiva continued her mercenary work. Her next encounter with Batman came in the Middle East when he and Jason Todd saw clues that Shiva might be Todd's mother. The Dark Knight and Lady Shiva battled unfettered and were very closely matched. In the end, his brute strength won the fight, losing. She denied being Todd's mother. Batman number 427 from December 1988. Soon after, Shiva began doing less mercenary work and spending more time testing herself against those considered the best at a particular discipline or move. She proved mercurial, killing some letting others live her reputation as a fearsome unknowable force spread so her very presence in a city caused fear among the underworld and crime-fighting communities as shiva battled one master after another she became intrigued by koroshi an expert in empty-handed fighting they battled and she learned that good as as he was a man named king snake had beaten him in combat the trail led her to Paris, where she not only encountered King Snake, but teenage Tim Drake, who was undergoing his own training to become the third Robin. She would like Drake and saw great potential in him. She took him on as possibly her first student. They worked extensively, and he got better very quickly. When she allowed him to choose a weapon to train with, he selected the bow staff, which she snuffed as since it was not considered a lethal tool. Shiva and Robin finally confronted King Snake in Hong Kong, and she ordered Drake to kill him, but the boy refused, ending his time as Shiva's student. This was in issues Robin number 1 through 5, January May of 1991. A short while later, Bane had come to Gotham City and broken Batman's back. As the Dark Knight healed, he recognized the need to re retrain his body and sought out Lady Shiva. She saw that his fighting spirit had also been damaged, and she contrived events to work both body and mind. Wearing a Tengu mask, she killed Gotham's armless master, making certain there was a witness. Then she began working with Batman, making him wear the Tengu mask during training, which made him a target for those seeking to avenge the armless master. In the end, this tactic, while brutal, worked for Batman, but failed for Shiva, who was attempting to bring him to a new plane of existence by forcing him to kill. Batman 509, July 1994. Shiva and Robin encountered each other again when Dava, a teen who had trained alongside Robin, wanted to test her skill with the one-handed killing technique known as the Leopard Blow. Fearing the worst, Robin trailed Dava and got embroiled in another melee with both Shiva and King Snake. During the battle, Robin actually managed to kill Shiva, but used CPR to resuscitate her. 
This was Robin, the second series, number 49, January 1998. The leopard blow has been described in different ways. Batman said the blow used the heel of the hand to drive shards of the skull into the brain with the impact delivered at the nose. Legends of the Dark Knight, number 62, July 1994. Richard Dragon later explained that the hand begins above and behind the victim's head, then fingers straight out and drives into the skull, instantly killing the target. Oh, that's pretty deadly. Along the way, Shiva, had, along the way, Shiva had become affiliated with the Brotherhood of the Fist, in which each discipline was represented by a monkey who attracted followers based on the practice's di- difficulty. Thus, the Paper Monkey had no followers. The Brotherhood chose to use the earthquake-ravaged Gotham City as a site of a tor- tournament to determine the world's greatest fighter, an event that grew to involve Batman, Robin. Batgirl, Green Arrow 2, Bronze Tiger, and others. In the end, the second Green Arrow, Connor Hawk, squared off against the Paper Monkey, who was revealed to be Shiva. (gasps) She defeated Hawk and was preparing to kill him when Robin called in in the debt she owed because he'd saved her life. She agreed, adding that at some point when Drake was an adult, she claimed the right to face him in combat to death. This was Green Arrow issue number 134, Detective Comics issue 723, Robin issue 55, Nightwing number 23, Green Arrow 135, and July through August 1998. It's a lot of issues there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, While the Brotherhood and many of Earth's superheroes acknowledged that Shiva was the world's greatest martial artist, the villain Prometheus begged to differ. His helmet enabled the man to mimic the abilities of the world's 30 greatest martial artists, including Shiva. And to his way of thinking, she was third best. Shiva, however, felt that the helmet held her older styles. She knew she could defeat her earlier self, so she dismissed Prometheus. Soon after, Gotham City was declared a no-man's land and sealed from the rest of America. Just before the city was cut off, Cassandra Kane entered and chose to remain. She discovered Batman's allies attempting to maintain order and wanted to fight alongside them, but lacked the ability to communicate. Barbara Gordon gave the teen shelter and after a time, blessed her becoming the new Batgirl. Her fighting style was unique enough to come to Shiva's attention, and the two met on the city's rooftops. By this time, Batgirl had her brain psychically altered to allow speech, but this affected her fighting style, making her an easy target for Shiva. Disgusted, Shiva let the girl live, never revealing their relationship, and extracted a promise. She would teach Batgirl how to overcome her new mental processing in exchange for a duel to the death one year later. Batgirl agreed. This was Batgirl number 7 through 8, October through November of 2000. Yeah, those are some good issues she was right there. The bargain worked in a single night, and Batgirl regained her fighting edge, although she seemed to fight with a death wish. She still haunted at having killed a man at age 8. When the year had passed, the two met in the forum of the Twelve Caesars, and again, Shiva proved victorious, killing Batgirl. The woman noted, though, that Batgirl fought differently, holding back so that the knowledge robbed the moment of its uniqueness. Shiva revived her daughter, and the two renewed the battle until Batgirl shattered her mother's sword. Cassandra then accused Shiva of having her own death wish, broke her jaw, and proved victorious, but refused to kill her. This was in Batgirl issue number 25, April of 2002. 
Richard Dragon chose to leave his mountain retreat for a time, which he'd been at for a while, going back into action with the Bronze Tiger. They found themselves in opposition to Lady Shiva, and once more they engaged in combat. Shiva killed a dragon with the leopard blow, only to have the demon Neron, who was bargaining to gain his soul, resurrect him. This was in Richard Dragon, issues 1 to 6, July, December 2004. Shiva continued to appear throughout the world, fighting martial artists, working alongside costume crime fighters who captured her fancy, or settling scores with those who wronged her or her few allies. During all this, she and Black Canary continued to encounter each other until, when Canary was at a personal low point, Shiva agreed to train her. At much the same time, Shiva also insinuated herself into the League of Assassins, then under the control of Nysa Ricardo. Ra's al Ghul's daughter. While there, she encountered her own daughter once more. She watched as Batgirl sacrificed her life to save another from David Kane's first failed experiment, a man named Mad Dog. Every move Batgirl made told Shiva that Cassandra had chosen her own path, willingly aligning herself with Batman and subscribing more to his ideals than hers. She took her daughter's body to a Lazarus pit, resurrecting her all so they could duel each other again. This time, with both women physically and mentally healthy, they were evenly matched. Cassandra won the fight, snapping her mother's neck, but leaving her alive. Shiva then refused treatment in the pit. Cassandra left her mother dangling over the pit and took control of the League for herself. This was in Batgirl number 73 from April 2006. Shiva survived and healed and honored her commitment to train Black Canary. She dispatched the canary to, to Asia to train under mother for one year while she willingly took her place as a bird of prey. She even wore a variation of the canary outfit complete with fishnets and wanted to be called the jade canary, something Oracle refused to do. She did as she was ordered but lacked the compassion the other field agents possessed and never truly bonded with the other women. Canary walked away from mother early, taking with her sin a young child womb mother thought had great promise. To balance the scales, after saving the crime doctor's daughter, Bethany Thorne, from death, Shiva chose to take the child and send her to Asia as a replacement. This was in Birds of Praise issues number 92 through 95, May through August of 2006, when the Birds of Pay gathered to convince Spy Smasher to leave the team in Oracle's hands, Lady Shiva turned up. But neither Oracle nor Huntress had summoned her. More recently, Lady Shiva appeared in the last issues of uh, Robin, as Tim Drake actually was able to defeat her in a duel. Kind of a tricky way he did it, though, but uh, he did it nonetheless. And also, obviously, Lady Shiva has appeared in animation very recently in Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. So that's who Lady Shiva is. There's also some accounts that Lady Shiva actually trained Batman at some point, but those have been switched up when continuity fixes itself every once in a while for the fact that Batman and Shiva are basically the same age, so that's not really possible. Right. So that is Lady Shiva. Probably a lot more than you ever thought Lady Shiva was. She hasn't been around... As long as some of the other characters, but she's done a lot in that time, hasn't she? Yes, she has. Yeah, mainly in those, uh, I guess, the Batman family books. So that's where she has probably made her bread and butter more. Lady Shiva also did appear in Birds of Prey, the TV show, 
in an episode called Lady Shiva. Um, she was... Lady Shiva had a part in the 1994 Batman Nightfall audiobook. And we obviously know that, like I said, she's in Superman Batman Public Enemies. So, that is Lady Shiva. Shiva! Hello, Batgirl. Now, let's move into our feature, which will be a quick discussion of DC Entertainment. Now, if you're not aware of what DC Entertainment is, it was announced on September 9th that Warner Brothers has created a new entity called DC Entertainment. This is going to be kind of um, a comparison to what Marvel Entertainment is, where it will deal with everything related to the DC universe, including movies, TV shows, video games, all forms of media, as well as the comics. So DC Entertainment actually will have DC Comics underneath it, and DC Entertainment itself will be ran by Diane Nelson, who will serve as the president, but in the past has worked on Harry Potter and has made Harry Potter a humongous franchise as what it has been in the past. So... What does this all mean for Batman fans? Well, I posted up a uh, an editorial on the website where I specifically said not a whole lot. It's not really going to do a whole lot for the Batman universe. And that's specifically because there's not really anything that needs to happen for Batman. Um, Batman's got a successful French film franchise, it has a TV show, and it just had a successful video game. So what does it really need? Yeah, I think I think DC the DC entertainment is more so going to help the the world of DC now. WB has long lived off the the Batman franchise since 89. Uh, but at the same time you have lost sight of the other heroes from DC, the Supermans, the Wonder Womans, the the Aquamans, of course, it, it, the Justice League. Of course, yeah, it, with the with the cartoons um, in the nineties, that was something that you know kind of revisited what the Super Friends were, in a way. But DC Entertainment lets them focus on other aspects to bring the fans. Um, other ways of enjoying them, whether it be like in hardcover books, uh, whether it be, I mean, from sticker books to to whatever. Batman already has that, but they needed to put it in a, in a in a category where, okay, well, we have the comics, we have the DVDs, but it always comes up under as Warner Brothers, but the comics come under DC. They wanted to put under it is just a name. It's a name that they're going to label it. But the great thing is that, as far as Batman fans, we in in a way we get ours. But the Aquaman fans, the Lobo fans out there, they don't get theirs. W uh, DC Entertainment is going to be able to bring that to them now, and it's going to let them focus on other characters other than Batman. Because I mean, in honest way, we're we're spoiled. <laughs> to be honest, we're we're spoiled in a way because I mean, Batman is just that famous that um, we see everything from video games, um, books, uh, 
you name it, uh, sticker books. I mean, that's what they did for Harry Potter. I mean, Harry Potter just started off with this book, but um, you can buy wands. I mean, of course, the costumes are going to be there, too. So I just see it as great for other DC characters. Yeah, I mean, since there's been, over the last 15, 20 years or so, an enormous popularity for these comic book movies in particular, Warner Brothers has been sitting on an enormous pool of... Uh, resources and characters and storylines to make interesting films out of, which they have not used or, or utilized to their full potential at all. Um, I mean, the DC, you know, the, the stuff from DC is arguably just as good as the stuff from Marvel, and you can see what Marvel are doing, and they're definitely ahead of the game at the moment. But now, hopefully, Warner Brothers have realized that. They've realized they need to, to take the DC universe more seriously. That's why they've set this thing up. At, and Regarding Batman, yeah, um, if if we were in 1997 and Batman and Robin had just come out, this would probably be the perfect sort of thing to correct that film. But right now, Batman's in the biggest high, well, arguably of its history, thanks to The Dark Knight and Arkham Asylum and things like that. So it's not really going to affect Batman. The only thing they need to worry about with Batman is just keep doing what you're doing. As we said, it's really to fix and aid and develop the characters like Flash, Wonder Woman and Superman. I mean, why have they not got on with the Superman films? I don't know. If you can't make some good Superman films out of that character, it's quite worrying. So hopefully DC Entertainment's going to take those characters and fix that and just leave Batman as it is at the moment because everyone's happy with it. Exactly. Now, like I said, we're not going to spend a lot of time, but I am going to read the post that I made, wrote online, and that will give you an idea, and then we'll just take a couple comments after I read the post, because it is a decent amount. But I posted this on September 10th, and I wrote, Yesterday, some very big news was announced over at Warner Brothers and DC Comics. If you didn't read the official press release, head over to the news post here. To summarize the really long PR statement, Warner Brothers is creating a new company called DC Entertainment Inc., this division will still obviously be owned by Warner Brothers, but will report directly to Warner Brothers Entertainment Inc. The main job of this new company is to prioritize the DC properties into all forms of media by specifically focus, focusing on them alone. I know a lot of people are going to immediately associate this announcement as a reply of what happened last week with Disney and Marvel. For those of you who are strictly stick to the DC Universe, let me inform you of what happened. DC announced that they are buying Marvel for around $4 billion. Now, while the internet blew up all over the place about that, the range of feelings towards this announcement ranged in every direction. Some thought that Disney could ruin what Marvel has been doing, while others believed it was just a way for Disney to reconnect with the younger male audience. My thought is that we probably won't see very much come out of this for a while, mostly because Marvel has things spread all over the place with all kinds of different studios. While the marketing giant that is Disney will probably help Marvel in an area that they will need very little help in, we are still years away from seeing any kind of major impact. The reason why I tell you all of this is so that you understand why some have immediately made this out to be a countermeasure of that deal. While at first glance it seems that it just may be. According to Deadline.com, it has something that has been in the works for a while. And this is the quote from Deadline.com. I know what everybody's thinking, that this move is in response to the announcement August 31st that Disney is buying Marvel. You can think that, but you'd be... You'd but you'd be wrong. This change has been in the works quietly for two years, ever since Robinhoff 
moved to the top spot. It was Jeff's idea to have DC Comics reporting to him, and DC will be his direct responsibility with Diane Nelson, an insider confirmed to me. I've also learned that Robinoff for months has quietly gone to producers like Chuck Roven and Joel Silver and Akiva Goldman and called back all their high-profile DC titles in development like The Flash and Wonder Woman. Not only was that shocking to the producers, but even more so when they found out that this was part of Robinoff's strategy to severely limit the number of gross participants on the projects. Because the producers were told that they may get the titles back to develop, but with far less rich deals. Jeff always wanted some kind of oversight of DC, and now he wants Warners to hold on to ownership, my insider explains. Now, with all that said, could this be the main reason why so many DC properties have been announced and then have completely fallen off the map? It just may be. It seems as if this was something that they may have been planning for a while, and B, that it just comes off the heels of the Disney Marvel announcement. If so, what does this all mean? First, let's go over what this means for the DC Universe. In general, before we get to Batman, basically what I interpret out of the press release that is is that DC Entertainment will get a lot of our favorite superheroes onto the silver screen, the small screen, and, or into video games. We have been wondering for quite some time why Warner Brothers has not been working with comic book characters, especially since there are so many that they could capitalize on. Warner Brothers has owned DC Comics for over 40 years. It all started with Superman back in the 70s. Batman came into the picture in the late 80s, but besides the two big names, there really has not been much in terms of use of the rest of the universe. We are just now starting to see more heroes coming out. Putting aside the animation aspect of things for a moment, we will finally be seeing some other characters break on the film, with Green Lantern and Jonah Hex already underway in announcements last week made about Deadman and Lobo attaching key production members. We also know that Human Target is getting its own show and will start airing in January. Could more things be announced in the future? Only time will tell, but my money is that we will hear some big news about a truckload of properties come quarter one of 2010. That all being said, what does this mean for us Batman fans? In my opinion, not much at all. Batman is currently the most successful property coming out of DC right now for Warner Brothers. Batman has the billion dollar plus film franchise, a critically acclaimed video game, and a TV series that is being adored by fans of all ages. I don't think that the new DC Entertainment will be super concerned about what Batman needs to do to become more successful. They just need to get Chris Nolan and his team back, make a sequel to the now world record holding video game, and keep making more episodes of Batman the Brave and the Bold. Could we see more? Yes, but I think their focus will be more on the underused properties over at DC. Wonder Woman, Flash, Aquaman? Well, maybe not all of them. In closing, I think that this is a great thing for all DC fans. This will be what most have been waiting for in one way or another. Many fans have asked themselves, why are we not getting the same treatment for our characters as Marvel is giving their characters? Wait for the announcement coming in January 2010. Then DC fans, we will. See, I think from from that, I mean, it, it pretty much covers like what we were already saying. I mean, Batman is already successful. The other characters, I mean, there's there's Flash fans out there. They want you know their own cartoon. They want their video game. And DC Entertainment is going to be bringing those issues forefront, you know? Um, I, I know in 89, when Batman was successful, you had a Flash TV show that came out, wasn't as successful. Then you had a, a Superboy TV show, and that kind of faded away. In the, in the early 90s, you also had uh, Lois and Clark, which, you know, was successful for a couple of seasons. But... As um, when Nick was saying that Marvel does it right, 
I mean, you look at there, they've had the Fantastic Four cartoon. Uh, the X-Men came along, but then they started again with Wolverine and the X-Men. Uh, it's just that they, they tried to market their stuff so much that, in a way, DC, we've never marketed like Marvel has. And Marvel Entertainment gave them that, I guess, forum to go ahead and do that. DC Entertainment is just going to be that forum for us, guys. So I just see it as a great thing for other DC characters. Now, I didn't say Marvel are doing it right, because I do think Marvel have made mistakes. <laughs> I, th- I think Marvel have rushed a few things. They've certainly produced a few weak films, you know, Fantastic Four, Elektra, Daredevil. A lot of people consider those to be pretty weak. Now, people want DC Entertainment to produce stuff, you know, produce lots of stuff, do as much stuff as possible, do Lobo, Dead Man, Green Lantern. They're doing a lot already. My only worry is, are they... Are they panicking and thinking, just get as much out there as possible, as quickly as possible? Because that's not a good tactic either. So they've got to get the balance right. And Marvel, as as I said, done some bad ones. They've done some great ones. If DC Entertainment rushes this, they will just anger people even more. So they've got to be careful. But, But at least they're going in the right direction. Agreed. And I mean, overall, basically, this is a good thing for DC fans. It's a good thing for comic book fans in general who also enjoy the comic book genre for films. So, overall, there's not really any more we need to talk about this, but just be on the lookout for some kind of announcement coming January of 2010 in relationship to all of the new properties that they're going to start working on for DC. Can we see something for Batman? Probably not. But we will see a ton of things coming on about the DC Universe. So just stay tuned for that. Do you think that DC Entertainment's going to have any positive or negative effect on Batman 3? No, I don't think it'll have affected at all. No, no me no. neither. So that is the end of this episode. Um, As always, you can head on to the website for daily news for all your movie, TV, merchandise, video game, and general news. You can join the forums to talk to other BAP fans. Head over to the editorial section, also known as the blog, to read all kinds of editorials from myself, from Nick, from Apple. You can read reviews of comic books from members of the site. Um... You can also leave us reviews on iTunes. You can email us at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. You can also, as we mentioned earlier, go vote for us. Project Fanboy. Just type in Google. It'll pop it up and then head to the place where they have the nominations that you vote for us for best fan site out there. Right. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook also, guys. Right. Facebook and Twitter. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. All of the news stories get posted up there, so that way, if you follow Twitter or Facebook, you can follow us and find out exactly what's going on in the Batman universe. And send us your questions for the new segment. Right, and send us your questions. We'll make sure we ask one question every episode, and this will just be because of the success of the call-in shows and how many people actually want to have questions answered. 
send those questions into podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. So, that's everything for this episode. This is Dustin. This is Apple. And this is Nick. You've been listening to the Batman Universe podcast, episode number 41. We'll see you guys next time. Take care, guys. See ya. people that Batman can fool around with like fool around with that doesn't make any sense a man named Caravat right? Caravat? Caravat Caravat <laughs> that's funny dude duped <laughs> I got that right dude <laughs> she felt oh great rudderless rudderless Rudder. she provided mercy she proved she proved Merciful. Mercurial. Mercurial? Mercurial? Okay. Yeah. Mercurial. She She proved (laughs) Mercurial. Her reputation as a fearsome, unknowledgeable force spread. She... mm. Not unknowledgeable. Uh, Unknowable. uh, Unknowable. In the end, the second Green Lantern, Connor Hawk. Green Arrow. Green, oh, Green Arrow. What did I say? Green Lantern. Okay. Yeah. And... <laughs>